pages four and five, along with the front page, were dedicated to a story I and most of the country had been following with grim interest. The Trial of Lucy Newton, a care assistant in a nursing home who had been accused of murdering 18 residents. The Dark Angel, that's what the tabloids called her, the second most prolific British serial killer of modern times. The new Harold Shipman. Attractive, statuesque, icy, probably psychotic. She was a newspaper editor's dream. And there were dozens of websites on which her supporters and detractors argued viciously about her innocence. But as I was reading about her testimony, she claimed she was being set up by her former neighbour. The drops started to work. My pupils dilating so I couldn't focus on text or anything within arm's length. I wished I'd remembered to bring my headphones. Since my operation, I'd spent a lot of time listening to audiobooks, each one consuming days. Instead, I was left to daydream and watch people as they walked past the waiting area. After half an hour, I was twitching with boredom. There was a coffee machine across the corridor. I rummaged in my pocket, pulling out my phone, keys, several pieces of paper and my eye drops, before finding a pound coin. Standing up, trying to juggle the various objects in my hands, the three old ladies watching me with interest, I dropped the coin. Stopping and swearing under my breath, I chased it as it rolled across the corridor and collided with a young woman walking past the waiting area. I'm so sorry, I... I stopped dead. The words, whatever nonsense I was going to come out with, stuck in my throat. Even though my eyes were dilated, I could see her clearly, more clearly, in fact, than I had seen anyone in a long time. She was beautiful. Red hair that hung just past her shoulders, cut with a fringe. Huge, green eyes. Full Cupid's bow lips. A smattering of faint freckles. She was wearing a white blouse and a pencil skirt, and her NHS ID hung around her neck. Maddeningly, I couldn't focus on the words, so couldn't read her name or job title. She crouched and produced the pound coin from beneath her shoe, and I could make out the outline of a tattoo on her ankle, a vibrant hint of colour hiding beneath her conservative black tights. I guessed she was a few years younger than me, about twenty-six, but she looked more grown up than I did in my scruffy jeans and cardigan. Her eyes shone with amusement as she handed me the money. I recommend the hot chocolate. Her voice had a soft northern lilt. I stared at her. I can honestly say that if anyone had asked me before this encounter to describe my ideal woman, she would be it. A composite of all the girls and women who had moulded my taste. The girl who sat in front of me at primary school. The divorcee, two doors down, who used to come out to collect the post in a silky black robe. The lead actress in my favourite TV show. The first girl I kissed. Here she was, the perfect woman, standing before me. The coffee is like cow's piss, she said, 
her eyes shining with mischief. I racked my brain for a clever response while she continued to smile at me. Before I could think of one, to be honest, seasons would have come and gone before I'd come up with a good line. I heard a man say my name, Andrew Sumner. Mr. Yasir Makawi, the baby-faced consultant ophthalmologist who had seen me on my visits to Moorfield since my operation, stood outside his room. The red-haired woman gave me a final smile and walked away down the corridor. Nothing wrong with your eyesight now? Huh? Mr. Makawi raised an eyebrow, and I realized I'd been staring at the woman's receding form. She turned a corner and vanished. I wanted to run after her. Instead, I went into the consultation room and did as I was asked.